Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we got episode 23 here. This is a conversation between me and Austin Borncamp. We talk about construction, climbing, working out, dieting, and polarization in the USA. Uh, enjoy, leave a comment if you find anything interesting, and I'll see you on the next one. Cool, we're doing good. <laughs> so many chords. Anyways, I think um, just to start off, maybe tell everybody who you are, um, any credentials you have or things you're studying for, you know, and um, different things like that, just to start everybody off. Credentials, none. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just um, I'm studying construction management right okay. now. How far are you in your degree? Um, about two years, maybe a little less. I actually just dropped civil engineering, but they're pretty similar, so a lot of the credits transfer, yeah. which is nice. But. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people go into civil engineering just for the money, and that's a that's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Any type of <laughs> engineering, if you if you're just looking for money, you know, there's other fields you can do it in, but um, it's it's incredibly difficult when, <laughs> when you're not passionate about it to uh, yeah to try to grind through those higher level courses. Yeah, you know, because I went in. Uh, most people go in thinking, oh, well, I'm okay at math. You know, this might be easy for me, but. I went in thinking, I'm terrible at math, but <laughs> I think I can coast by, right? Yeah. And by the second year, I was like, no, this is this is not happening. But Pretty burnt out? Yeah. Um, even from like 16 credits of, like STEM credits, I think are just so much harder than business. Not, not to, you know, shit on the business. Can I swear on this? Or? Yeah. Okay. Go, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I don't <laughs> shit, care. Shit on any business majors. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, you know, I've done both and STEM credits are, are a lot more challenging, I think. But, yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it just because it's numbers and everything, or do you have an idea of why? Uh, yeah, a lot of math. Yeah, every because it's not just only the math, only only what's required of that major, but uh, every single elective course as well mm-hmm. is incredibly difficult. So, along with because you'll have some hard courses in business, uh, accounting can be annoying. Um, there's a few other classes, but then you'll have easier electives sometimes, but. Your electives in engineering will be like, you know, coding or yeah, writing programs, which is yeah. also kind of hard. So yeah, that's that's part of the reason why it's so difficult. Yeah, but yeah, and they set a pretty hard standard for everybody coming oh, yeah, in, right? For sure. Yeah. Do you think that's because why why is that? Like, are they trying to make it hard and root everybody out so that? Yeah, there's definitely a few weed out classes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Calc two, I know, is one of them. Yeah, uh, everything in it is uh, so much different from anything that anyone has ever seen before yeah. it. And Have so, you done Calc 2 yet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, and I failed, it, you I failed it the first time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. That's when I kind of realized, like, you know, maybe this isn't for me. But, yeah. you know, um, it's also about just learning how to study. Mm. Because you really have to apply yourself in, uh, in an engineering major. So, you know, I wasn't really fully doing that. And I, I couldn't balance my life as much as I hoped in an engineering okay. degree. But, um... Yeah, I got it eventually, just to boost the GPA, you know? <laughs> uh, repeat, delete, or whatever that's called. Mm. Yeah, got to be in it the second time. Yeah. So, what is that balance like? Like, how oh. did that get offset for you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, freshman year is all right. Freshman year is easy for a lot of people, for most people, I'd yeah. say. But you know, sophomore year comes around, and then all the courses become more direct, uh, more specified towards yeah. your major, and then. Um, I don't know. I just had less time. You know, I, I like to work out and I like to hang out with friends and stuff too. But, you know, I just, I wasn't really, I wasn't organized enough to do 
all of that stuff at once mm. in engineering. And I'm not saying I, you know, I haven't tried a, a full construction management uh, course load yet, but um, yeah, part of it's just learning about how to organize yourself well, which yeah. I'm very, <laughs> very poor. Are you? Doing. Do you like to be more free flowy, or do you hyper organize, or what are you personally like? I, I prefer structure most of the time, mm-hmm. just because I think it like relieves some stress. Like right now, I'm in uh, I'm in a construction job, just general labor. Yeah. But you know, I get up every day at six a.m. and I feel more comfortable with my lifestyle mm-hmm. that way, because like I know, you know, exactly. I have the same routine, and I think routines are important because mm-hmm. you know they build habits, and and those are easy to follow, but. Um. I, no, like I, 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 I would say I'm more free, free flowy. If okay. That's a yeah. Word I can use. Yeah, free flowy. Well, um, what routines have you put in place that you really like? Um, just going to work. <laughs> I don't know. Getting up at the same time um, has been pretty important for me for most of my life. Okay. Why so is that? Uh, I don't know. I just, I just like the uh, consistency. Really, mm. it's like when I'm able to wake up at the same time every day. Uh, I feel more competent and like, you know, uh, I, I can think more clearly mm. than if I just, you know, get up at 12 one day, you know, 9 a.m. the other day. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's less chaos in your life, but yeah. 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 Just being consistent about it makes you approach the day a lot easier. Like, you know, okay, at six, I'm, that's how I'm starting every yeah, single day. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And is that because of work, or did you do that because of yourself and you wanted to do 6 o'clock? Or oh, no. Yeah, no, it was definitely only because of work. <laughs> without, without work, I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, it has proven to be pretty pretty nice. But Because, um, like, going going into it, I was, like, I was a little worried because I'd never really had done that consistently before. Even in high school, I'd wake up at, like, 7-ish. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah, 6 is, you know, it's bad for the first week or so, but then you kind of get used to it, mm-hmm. and it's all right, but... Yeah. I think, do you think everybody can do it? Personally, I do. I think like a lot of people have to kind of get that habit down, but I think six o'clock is a reasonable time. Yeah. No. And I I think, I think it's the easiest thing to um, do to like steadily just like improve, um, you know, other habits and routines as well. Yeah, exactly. Discipline. That's a good word to use. Um, Yeah. And then you got construction itself. Which is harder than I thought it would be. Mm. I don't really know what I thought going into it, but you know, I'd still prefer the physical labor over uh, math and <laughs> physics of engineering. But you know, so you'd rather be using your body than your brain, so to speak. A little bit, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to work my way up more so right now um, into like kind of a project manager role. Yeah, yeah. but wouldn't that be more brain then? A little bit, but it's more like learning the ropes than, you know, civil engineering is like structural analysis and okay. uh, determining what you don't really need um, experience in construction fields, which kind of draws the disconnect between um, superintendents, project managers, yeah. and engineers, which can be a problem. But, you know, overall, it's it's like you don't need that experience. You know, yeah. you just got to go to school to study it. But. Yeah, because it's more... I don't know if like theoretical is the right word to use because you're just kind of working with equations and trying to get the right balance and ratio of things than what it's actually like to build. Yeah, no, exactly. It it is just, um, yeah, I don't know. Theoretical is, yeah, there's probably a synonym, but yeah, that's, that's, um, it's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Do you think it's like a, like a major disconnect? Like it's a big issue or is it just like a, 
something that's felt within the I don't ecosystem. Know. I've just heard a lot of people that are higher up in um, the construction industry that I work with just talk shit about each other. So I don't really <laughs> know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of new to construction, so I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But I don't think it's that huge of an issue. Yeah. Just sometimes, like, maybe the drawings will be different than anticipated, and that'll set the project back a few weeks gotcha. and cost some money. Yeah. yeah. Why did you get into your degree? Like, what? Tro- why did you cho- choose that? Um, constru- I, I just always kind of liked architecture and building stuff. Okay. So um, I'd say a major reason was just purely aesthetic. I don't want to say, um, well, civil engineering was for the money. That was a mistake. Yeah. We've already discussed. But yeah. I kind of knew my field was in some sort of architecture. Okay. Weirdly enough, I kind of discovered it at Vail. You ever been to Vail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that architecture. <laughs> mm. And uh, I was in a hot tub. I was like, I kind of want to, like, <laughs> you know, build something like yeah. this. Like, you know, look sleek. Do you want to be the man that dis- that designs it or puts it together? Or where in the, I don't know, the process of building that do you want find yourself that you want to be like do you want to design the schematics or have you thought about that i've thought about it a little designing it um can be more of an engineering job Mm -hmm. so right now i guess probably putting it into place and just seeing the project progress over the course of a few weeks or months or years or whatever it is yeah um would also be pretty satisfying yeah so yeah and why buildings why not bridges or I don't know any other type of intra- infrastructure you could put in. Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I, don't, I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, something you can build with bridges. You yeah. could build something with construction. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll do something, but I haven't <laughs> thought about it that I got <laughs> depth. I like to so get far. deep into things personally. Yeah. Like I like the nitty gritty of like why somebody chooses to do something, you mm-hmm. know? So that's why I might pry a bit sometimes. Um, was your like dad in construction or any family members or anything like that? Did that uh, influence you at he's all? He's in aerospace okay. right now, so so a little bit. Um, yeah, he was an engineer. He didn't really push me into engineering that much, as he just kind of mentioned, like you know, you probably will be a lot better off in engineering. I'm like, all right, sure, I'll just choose that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like throwing darts blindfolded or something. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he was he was in aerospace. My mom's in um, medical services. Yeah. So yeah, neither of them really influenced my decision that much. I wouldn't say, but still, it was kind of just kind of on a whim mm-hmm. that I made the decision. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you think for me and my family, um, it was almost it wasn't stated, but it was almost like a given that I should have gone to college. Mm-hmm. So like it wasn't it wasn't a f- like I was forced. But I wasn't really given other choices, maybe, is a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. So what was, because it doesn't sound like they forced it on you, but did it seem like that was the, the next option after high school for you? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was like, both me and my sister, we were kind of urged into college, you mm-hmm. know. He, he wasn't going to be like, you know, you are going to college, but, you know. And sometimes, sometimes when either of us are doing poorly, just, just go find a trade. No, go ahead. <laughs> find, just find a blue-collar job, you know, do mm. that instead. And, I was like, and then we'd be like, all right, you know, we'll just study harder. Like, <laughs> relax, it's fine. Yeah, but, yeah. 
So they seem like they don't pressure you too hard, which is good. Like a lot of parents will be like, you're definitely going to college. You're going into this field. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. My, um, my family, actually my cousins, they're, uh, they're part Indonesian. Mm. So their entire family is that way. Just complete tiger parenting and um I w well i don't want to say tiger parent it's a little tiger parenting yeah but you know you'll you'll be up at 4 a.m playing cello for three hours then you're gonna go to tutoring then you're gonna go ace this test then yeah you're gonna go to an ivy league school it's almost like they like, <laughs> uh, pride themselves on how many of their children can get into you know harvard or stanford yeah. or whatever and that's so. where your parents came from that was like kind of their origins no my parents are just so my um, my uncle married an Indonesian um, woman, so okay. that's that's pretty much like exclusively that part of the family. Gotcha. My okay. my entire family is just white. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but you've just seen that other side of yeah. parents that are very. What do they call them? Snowplow parents or helicopter parents yeah. that are very maybe directive and like they already have your whole plan laid out for you. You've kind of seen that through your uncle's family and everything exactly yeah pretty much yeah do you i don't know i know we're both young but i think about kids and i i try to think about personally how i would want to raise them i don't know if you've put your mind in that space at all i've just thought it would be really hard <laughs> i don't know like i've thought about it a little bit but i'm like you know you can make so many mistakes yeah i'm like i don't know yeah. yeah i'll think about it again in 10 yeah. years <laughs> yeah it's very early mm -hmm. um i think i don't know some of the something i've been thinking about lately is the most i don't know creative or hardworking or strong people i've met are the ones that have had it the hardest though and i'm not saying that you should give your kids a hard time but it's a weird thing that happens right where yeah. like there's some people that had a really fucked up childhood and from that became very determined in another category and was actually very good and there's others that you know maybe turn to addiction or alcohol or something like that right so there's the flip side of it but also you can see these really strong people come out of really hard situations and that's something i've been thinking about is like how hard should you make it for kids or your own kids you know because there's a there's also the flip of that of like trust fund babies mm -hmm. where they've given everything yeah. and that doesn't seem to work as well right yeah no so i don't know if you have any thoughts to that of like the balance between that for just kids not even your kids but just kids in general well, I've kind of thought about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, some of it can lead to more motivation, I'd say. Mm. If you're brought up in a worse home, probably. Um, that's an interesting question. I, I know that usually people with who are just given everything don't have any motivation. They don't yeah. have any will to do anything. Yeah. Because their entire lives, they've just, you know, used their parents' credit card or mm -hmm. whatever. So... I, th I think a motivating factor for some kids could be the conditions they grew up in, but, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to just throw your kid out of the street <laughs> yeah. talk to me in 18 years yeah. now, but, but yeah. Because you know. there's the, what I thought of when you said that is like understanding the value of what a man hour is, you know, like working here at the coffee shop, like what, how much money you make for an hour of work here and 
how little that will do to pay for your rent or your, even just your cell phone bill or anything like that, right? And that's, I, I think, something that definitely should be instilled. I think if you're not, personally, I don't, I think if you're not, if you're in high school and you're not in a sport, I think personally, if you could find a job, that'd be very beneficial to you. Because I think you get some of that discipline in team camaraderie within sports, but you don't necessarily understand money. Yeah. But then within jobs, you can understand kind of teams because you're working with everybody in the back. And then also see that I worked an eight-hour shift and have this amount of money. And I didn't just pull it out of some bank account, you know? Mm-hmm. It's tricky, though, because, like, you want them to also be kids. You want them to have fun and everything, right? Yeah, exactly. How was that for you? Growing up, if I'm not going too far. Oh, no, yeah, <laughs> fine. No, I didn't know. Were that. there, like, my, it, everything just seemed like a given for me. Like, oh, it's a, I should be in sports, I should be in this and that. And it went in the summers when I don't have sports or sports camps, I'm working and stuff like that. So, personally, that's how it was. And it wasn't really stated. Sometimes it was. But it, I think it was just like a given or what was, like, understood to do. You know, it wasn't really spoken. So I don't know how that was like for you personally. Um, yeah, after I was like 16, more emphasis was placed on like, you know, get a job, figure out your career. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it wasn't really ever that big of a deal. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. So, you know, I was just working low level subway yeah. jobs and stuff yeah so at like 16 you said you started yeah 16 yeah. 16 subway had two 16 year olds just running the store <laughs> like, and there's like a few more high schoolers yeah and then our manager would get pissed at us for any you know slight mistakes like, yeah and and I, I was i was taught by someone younger than me yeah. which is insane because i was a junior in high school so i don't know <laughs> Yeah, no, I, we got to give respect to those um, fast food workers, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is not an easy... Like, I got, I'm working in construction now, which is objectively, like, more difficult mm-hmm. manually. It's manual labor. It's in the heat. Yeah. You know, whatever. But I, I still go to sleep better at night knowing, <laughs> you know, this project won't fail if I don't do something right. But I'm like, I used to leave Subway like, oh, God, did I le- lock the door? Like, because mm-hmm. I was the only one there. You know, did I do all the cash correctly? Did I... Um, forget a single step mm-hmm. yeah it was a little more stressful in a different way and why is that different compared to construction because you could have i don't know i could yeah, i could have cost the company more money <laughs> yeah made a wrong cut yeah and then all that lumber is now unusable right because maybe it's too short or too long yeah or... and then but hazelden is a million dollar or a multi multi-million dollar company so yeah. it's like some lumber is not going to be that hurtful and it's just a mm-hmm. learning experience if you do Miss mm. a cut, you know. Okay. So, is it that they allow for more error? Yeah. With sure. with your work now, that they understand that it's a learning process for you guys. Yeah, they didn't not allow for error at Subway. It was just a lot more stressful. I don't mm. know why. Like, because you know, if you're working in the store alone, at least. Yeah. Um, even if you're not, it can be still pretty stressful because you're like, did everyone do everything? And you're usually those are the jobs you get when you're just starting out. So. Yeah. And so it was like your first job, and you're yeah. like, I don't want to mess this up. But I was taught by somebody younger than me. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm just 16 years old. Like, what, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, um, 
an idea me and my friends have been talking about and it's like um scarcity and abundance thinking and the idea is like how you kind of approach a lot of things that can come up to play i was actually talking with a friend a couple it was last week and um where i just brought up the words and then she was like connecting that to all kinds of other things and she connected it to like her eating disorders and how she still kind of she had she's gotten over them now but in the past and how she's now kind of had more of a scarce mindset of like and what that looks like is like worrying there's not going to be enough of something or um this is all i can get so i kind of got to hold on to this where the abundance is like it's okay if maybe things or opportunities pass by or dry up because then there's an understanding that something will come along um I don't know if that rings any bells for you, but it's something I love to get some people's like thoughts or experience on like whether they personally see the world as abundant or scarce. Uh, it's abundant in terms of opportunities, I'd say. Yeah. One will come by, you'll miss one, and another one will come by. You'll never run out of opportunities. In terms of resources, you know, you can lose a lot and then it'll be much harder to gain back. Yeah. What, what, what are you looking for in this question? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, just... I, I don't know if it just like bring, makes you think of anything. Like for you, it seems like you come to the world a little bit of the abundant mindset. Like, aren't you worried that you might graduate and you won't find any jobs or anything like that? Do you, does that ever pass your mind or? Not really. I'm, I'm just thinking if I get enough experience, I can, Pretty easily. I mean, I'm not sure because I, you know, I haven't been through this personally. But yeah. But there's some hope there, right? I, th I think with a degree and experience, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you just got to keep pushing. <laughs> if you don't get it the first time, you know, yeah. apply to 50 other companies. Mm. Mm. Uh, so it's just staying determined on things. Is that what you would say? Is just continually pushing it, even if it's maybe not bearing fruit right now. Pretty much. Yeah. I, because applying to construction, everyone wants um, experience, um, and you know if you don't have that, it's a little, it's a little annoying. But you know some companies will still hire you. And right now, you know I applied to a bunch of places um, for subcontractors, like the flooring people, the um, carpentry, you know. But most of them want people that have been in construction a little bit. Mm. So uh, you know I got turned down a lot, which is like. I don't know how I feel about that. It's not like embarrassing because it's like I didn't have experience. Yeah. But um, uh, one of them, you know, one of them accepted, and that's all you yeah. really need. Right? Yeah. I mean, a few of them, but that's just because I applied to so many places. Yeah. And yeah. Chose the best one. Just have an abundance of th options, right? Yeah. So putting out a massive amount of resumes to hopefully get back maybe three that you can choose from, and somebody might put out five and get five no's and think there's nothing here. There's like a very scarce mindset is kind of what I'm connecting to is like worrying that they're not going to find anything where you're just like, I'm just going to keep going and going and going and yeah, then exactly. hopefully get something right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you, where do you think you got that from? Cause some, I've met a lot of people that don't have that thought to things. They're, they're very worried. They're, they don't think they have to hold on to this one thing because something else might not come around. I don't know. Where do you think you got that from? Um, 
probably continual failure and mm. just learning that, you know, it's not the end if you do screw something up. Yeah. Do you have an example, like, personally that of just continually failing and then it working out? I don't know. I've never thought this deep in my own life. Um, it's okay if you don't have it, but if you can think of anything. Not not right now. I'll come back to it. Maybe, like, something in the gym or climbing. I know that we've both oh, seen yeah. each other climbing um, and stuff like that or... I don't know, within school or relationships? Climbing, I used to be kind of not afraid of crimps, but I've heard so many stories about people getting crimp injuries that yeah. it kind of like shied away from it a little bit. Mm. And then I kept um, pushing on this V3. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like kind of a crimpy V3. I'm, I'm new to climbing, so, you know, it's like, um, that's my level right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I kept, like, pushing harder and harder and was, like, worried about tendon injuries. But yeah. um, eventually uh, you just learn different techniques and you learn better ways to do it and approach yeah. the problem. And you're able to do it successfully. Yeah. And that's what I did for nice. that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is I maybe, like, a year and a half in for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I've at least two, maybe three times risked, like, a bicep tendon oh. on my right. Like, I've very much felt it and <laughs> one of the times i pushed way too hard and had to take off a few weeks and thankfully it healed because you know like i think you've had like i came in with a gym background which i think you kind of had as well and um like if you kind of over push like a muscle or something like that you can kind of just lay low for maybe five days to a week right and then like the next week you can come back in yeah fully strong but the tendons are really weird animals to work with yeah and that's what you get from climbing is that's something i i learned from climbing was like bicep tendons and finger tendons and those have to get strengthened that never get strengthened with weight training you know Mm -hmm. um it's weird too because you can't really do anything to prevent tendon injuries necessarily right i think like like you're saying, just like slowly easing into it and like working them and not overworking them. I think like, I don't know if I made this up in my head or read. I Let's just say I made this up in my head. Maybe I read it somewhere, but I, I like you need about like a month or two to see results from working a muscle out. Yeah. You know, if you're newer, it's a little bit different, um, but you need a couple weeks under your belt for like muscle growth to even start kickstarting, you know? Yeah. I think with tendons, it's like on a month or year scale more or less i think they i think they're similar to muscles but they just have a lot slower track rates okay that's personally i'm not (laughs) a um where's your source yeah i don't know anything about anatomy um just my brain and intuitively that's kind of how i think of it because when i almost like fully injured my bicep tendon i didn't have to seek any professional help but like i could tell with a loss of strength and just hurt moving and everything like that, that I needed to lay, lay off. And it took a couple of weeks to a month to finally feel recovered. And I didn't even injure it. So I'd, I'm always curious of like, what if I injured it and how many months that would be? And yeah. there's that staff member um, that climbs there. Um, like we, months ago, he just messed up. I think it was his middle finger, a pulley. So the tendon within it and He's been out for months, man. Oh, and he really? was just warming up on a V3, he said. Wow. And he's like a 7'8 climber, I think, maybe even more. And so, like, it kind of scares you where sometimes yeah. you just pop one Because I've just heard so many stories about that. Yeah. And people are like, 
like, well, what were you doing? Like, were you, like, uh, you know, climbing way above your grade or something? Yeah. Because, you know, in the gym, you've seen that video with uh, Larry Wheels and the the guy who was, who was spotting him initially. Mm-hmm. An incline so. press where his peck just yeah. tears completely out of his. It's like, you know, that guy was being kind of kind of overzealous with the bench <laughs> press because he, he was going, I don't know exactly what his max was, but I think it was over his max a little bit, but he mm. was just trying it. Trying to, you know, um, trying to go big in front of Larry Wheels, which is yeah. understandable, but, you know, that's, like, <laughs> going to injure you. But so, some of these climbing injuries just seem like, you know, like warming up on a V3 and then you get a tendon tear yeah. or something. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm curious if there's something, like, he wasn't paying attention to his body or anything like that. You know, I, I'd be curious to kind of ask him about that if it was actually, like, just out of the blue. You know, I feel like... With mo- I think with most of them, you f- you start to notice something. Like at least with mine, I was like, I'm I'm a little weaker today. And then I come back the second climbing session, I'm like, I'm very weak today. I need to really lay off. You yeah. Know? yeah. So, I think it's somewhat similar to like muscle soreness, but a little different is how I picture it in my my um. So you're saying just feel your own body and like let it know when to rest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's something that working out has taught me. I mean my dad got me into it when i was in middle school like maybe sixth or seventh grade maybe a little later um and these days my workouts are really fun but they're weird in the sense that they're almost like a meditation right now where on some movements i'll just close my eyes and do the movement and my face will probably look like i'm in pain but like i've done it so many times now i mean because what eighth grade that's like 13 so i'm getting close to maybe working out for a decade now oh wow so because i'm 22 right now um so you just do (laughs) do it so many times you know if you're going at least i mean i've been between three times and at some points like six times seven times a week on my those were bad days. I was overtraining when I was doing those days. That was oh, yeah. <laughs> not smart. Um, that was a phase, though. <laughs> but you do that. Overtraining and hoping not to injure myself. Yeah. Phase. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I um, I never injured myself doing that, but I was just tired oh, wow. all the time. I and I didn't realize that you shouldn't feel tired <laughs> all the time. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're getting strong, you should feel strong. Yeah. You know, and I was waking up so weak and you were, still you were climbing and working out or you were just working out during that phase i was just working out okay but it was like six to seven days a week doing something weight bearing yeah, yeah. or like cardio endurance and i liked it in the sense that it helped build my discipline but i was doing it like to get stronger but it, i think i was getting weaker that's especially what you get from overtraining you know I don't know, because I know you you started in the gym and then came over to climbing, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I kind of want to become just more um, skillful in all aspects yeah. of life, not just um, trying to focus on one thing, more yeah. jack of all trades. And I really, it got me to wonder, like, I really am kind of curious who's the best, most skillfully versatile athlete on this planet, mm. do you think? That's a good question. Who can do just do everything. I yeah. mean, physically... I don't want to say anyone because I, I don't even <laughs> I don't have a clue where to start. You know, yeah, they got to be you know strong, jump high, um, 
fast. I'd, yeah. And I'd say, you know, DK Metcalf. I don't think so. He's an NFL player. Okay. For the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Six foot four, benches two twenty five, like thirty something times. <laughs> you can jump high. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, it got me to want to be in a position where I'm like, mm-hmm. not just good at one thing, but more of, um, his type of athleticism, yeah. which is all around. Um, I think like. The human body is so cool in so many things that it can do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I bet he's a very strong runner and can take hits and everything like that and can lift very heavy weights, you know. Um, but then if you put him on, like, a climbing wall or with, like, an ultra marathon or different things like that, then things decrease, you know. Yeah, as they, exactly. Just as if you put, like, Alex Arnold, one of the best climbers, in a football game, <laughs> he's going to get yeah. thrashed around, you know. So, like... To find one that completely does everything pretty well, I think it's tough because I think you have to get like hyper specialized and narrow, mm-hmm. especially if you want to be the top one or point one percent of a sport or field or athletic endeavor. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's um, I don't know his handle, but there's some dude I come across randomly on TikTok, and he's like day 129 of trying to be the fittest man on earth and so there's guys trying and he'll like lift weights and run like half a marathon a day and stuff like that and i think like if you ease into it you could do that it's a very slow process because i think you're telling your body that you just have to be this war machine almost yeah (laughs) yeah maybe i'm a little over ambitious i'm not looking to become the best (laughs) human out there but Someone's done it. Yeah. Someone will. Yeah. I think I, I think it's good to have that goal, though, in mind, you know? Like, I was... I liked... I did a few sports in high school, and I liked to play sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after... I wasn't good enough to play in college, but I still enjoyed them, you know? Yeah. And for a while, it was just weight training. And I, that was kind of the season in, like, community college for me and stuff where... I was like, I'm not training for anything, and so maybe I'll just train the train, and then I overtrained. But then the last year or two, getting into climbing, it's kind of given me a reason to train. They say a lot more body weight stuff is better, but I still want to kind of maintain some of the like heavy weights I can push around. So I'm like balancing those two. But um, there was this fun. This was years ago. This was like five years ago or something. I saw. This big dude, like six seven, could bench crazy weights and stuff like that, and then also would be like a marathon runner as well. And I just like the idea of seeing this like tank of a dude running a marathon as well, like things that like grannies do and stuff like that. You know, just being multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. Like I think is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um. So I'd be it'd be cool to see, like a picture, like a. 225 pound v8 climber <laughs> right could hit weights pretty hard but then like think about the finger strength that they're pushing you know oh yeah for those crimps and everything like that that really come up on those higher climbs that like for a 130 140 100 maybe 150 pound dude that's like a v8 v8 climber we normally see they're th- pretty thin you know like that's kind of the build you want for climbing you want to be light because you have to 
pull yourself up on different things, but <laughs> to picture like that finger strength to, yeah. to push like 125 up at a cave or anything like that or on slab. Um, that's personally, I don't think I'm going to get to 125, but like to be very strong, but then also climb higher V's or and boulder higher V's mm-hmm. right now has been the goal and it's been pretty fun. Um, I don't know how that looks for you. Like, how has climbing been for you with weight training? Like, uh, what I've is only that? done it for like a month and a half now. Yeah. But it's been all right. It's, um, I'm going to sneeze one sec. <laughs> <sighs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Body is juking itself out. <laughs> this is annoying. I hate that. It's a terrible feeling. Um, I'm talking about climbing and working out at the same time. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's going all right. I, um, I try to hit chest at least twice a week now. Okay. So it's become more just like maintenance. Mm. It's one of my problems for like why I stopped lifting, um, as regularly was like to improve. You just need, uh, you know, as the time goes on, you need so much more effort and so much more discipline when eating that it becomes a lot harder in your daily life. Mm. So now I'm just focusing on maintaining that strength and then getting into climbing yeah. so that I can have a more well-rounded yeah. uh, build, kind of. Previously, what was, like, your goal when you're just weight training? 225 like, did you... bench. Okay. Just bench 225. You just wanted to hit that bench? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's, it's kind of peaked around 200-ish. Okay. I have a, I have a clip of me benching 201. Okay. 45 or 35, but the bar is 41 pounds. So, oh. yeah, 201. Is that at CSU? No, no. It's oh. at Longmont Rec Center. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I've never seen a 41-pound bar. Yeah, That's I know. Weird. No, it, they have all these. Anno- it, it wasn't meant to be 41 pounds, I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, I weighed it, and it was 41 pounds. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Okay. It sucks when, like, weight changes on weights. Yeah. Like, I've seen yeah, some of that. You, like, you go to different gyms, nothing feels the same. Yeah. 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 So, you're more of a numbers guy. It seems like. like some people go for size, some people go for high reps, some people go for big numbers. Yeah, I, I just feel like um, it was one way to measure how much I was improving yeah. rather than just looking at my physique. Because a lot of people will look at their physique and just be like, oh, it's the same as uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I might not be making any progress. But if you can tangibly measure it, mm-hmm. then it becomes an objective fact rather than yeah. uh, something that you see. Yeah, so. yeah. And, like, I don't know if you've seen some of those videos. I've seen videos of dudes that look really good and shredded, but they're, like, this is perfect lighting and, like, right after a workout and yeah, I have so a good. pump and everything like that. And then they show themselves, like, just the next day, no pump, bad lighting, everything. And they look like a normal dude. Yeah. yeah. And you're, like, oh, okay. So, it's, mo- like, the like Instagram really kind of tilts that, you know, and social media. Yeah, I've, exactly. There's filters as well. Yeah. Um, that make the aesthetic better. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like camera, like uh, lighting. Yeah, obviously lighting. Yeah. Angles, and then you can use different filters to oh. make it appear better. I didn't know about that. Yeah, and it's like, I get, I get it if you have like a brand or uh, <laughs> courses you're selling or anything like that. But like. And then you get into the the zone of like natty or not, you know, or if you're on TRT or different things like that. That's like <laughs> yeah. that blurs the lines of like because some dudes just want to eat well, maybe take some protein powder and maybe creatine and 
some caffeine to work out and then get a good physique from that. But then you have dudes like snorting bull shark testosterone yeah. to like get <laughs> yeah. huge and like it really muddies the water of what like maybe a good physique is or half healthy lifestyle is. You yeah. Know? I think people compare themselves way too much to Instagram models mm-hmm. and influencers. Uh, especially ones that claim to just be all natural and then just lie to sell you yeah. more supplements. Yeah. I think Liver King's probably the worst of them by far. I was gonna ask you he about has, Liver yeah, King. Yeah, he he's the absolute worst about that. He'll claim to be like all natural while uh you know, his primal supplements or whatever. He wants to have a primal lifestyle. Yeah. Despite living in like a three and a half million dollar mansion, mm-hmm. driving his primal F Ford F two fifty. 40 minutes to get his, you know, ancestral, uh, <laughs> trend. It's like, it's, I don't know. He has no, he has no morals. I know. It's all to sell more like courses and supplements mm-hmm. too. And the thing is so many people believe it and I don't know how, like it just, none of it is believable at all. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, his, his abs versus, um, like it's, it's pretty, you know, I'm not going around judging people like, Oh, is he on steroids? Is he on steroids? But Liver King is just so goddamn annoying. <laughs> like, I, uh, I looked into it. A, I mean, I looked into it a little bit, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't look natural. Plus, when your abs pop out that much, um, he's like five foot. I don't even. He says five foot six, I think. Okay, like he's five pretty foot, short then. Yeah, five foot four to five foot six. But just wait, based on the way his veins in his abs and his abs pop out themselves. Like, no, obviously not, but he'll still sell, like, younger people mm-hmm. and inexperienced people supplements. Yeah. I just think that's scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, the worst it, of the, like, the online gym community. Yeah. But, yeah. It looks good on Instagram. Like, it looks good. Mm-hmm. But then, because I don't know about you, but personally, I was, like, I want to do that, but without all the the bullshit you know all the drugs and i've said that to a lot like a lot of different places like you see people get up to high critically acclaimed places different anywhere you know like acting or many different areas and they got there but then they might have like a cocaine addiction or like Mm -hmm. need alcohol at night or at the very least like sleeping pills or something like that some people admit that and that's that's good yeah Um, yeah some bodybuilders be like you know i'm not natural i won't release what i'm taking though Mm mm-hmm and it's definitely less harmful to the community because some people will try to just abuse steroids. In the UK, I know it's a big problem, mm. ab- abuse of steroids. Yeah. Um, a lot of gym goers abuse them. Some people just die at like 20, 22 from heart attacks, mm-hmm. all the stuff they're taking. So if you're honest about it and if you're like a huge influencer and you're honest about like, I am taking it, I yeah. won't release what I am taking yeah. so that people don't try to look like me and whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, personally, I've been, like, I do eat some, like, candies and stuff like that, but I try to eat, like, whole foods and fruits and vegetables and um, a lot of meat and then maybe sometimes some protein and then I just eat creatine. Yeah. Like, a little bit just because that's helped me recover because I like to train often. And then other than that, that's all I've been doing right now. Um, And I love it. You know, I don't – maybe – I don't know. I'd have to look into it more. I don't know enough. Maybe at some point in the future, like once, because, you know, like TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, seems like 
fair for when you start losing that in old age and stuff like that. So I understand that. And if you're transparent, then who cares what you do with your life, you know? So I don't know where you're at if you really think about your diet or anything like that. Um, Not a lot. I try to think about calories and protein pretty much. Yeah. And I'm trying to just sit around 3,100-ish to maintain muscle. Okay. While building climbing strength as well. Yeah. Because you want to be lighter for climbing. So it's in a slight deficit. Mm -hmm. But I'm not too concerned. Yeah. Do you count your calories? Yeah. Yeah. I I track it on my phone. I just have a Google spreadsheet. Okay. All my workouts and stuff. Nice. Um, Yeah, man, sometimes I'll roll into the gym, and I know I'm a couple pounds heavier. Even, like, three pounds heavier, I could have a harder climbing day off of that. It's weird how that, like, just a few pounds will, it'll weigh on you, especially if you're trying to push some higher grades. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that on the days that I've maybe indulged a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel that, because I used to do pull-ups, and it was the same way, like, Mm. Sometimes you could just be a couple pounds heavier, but yeah. it would make it feel so much harder. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've been trying to do muscle ups lately. Oh, cool. And those hurt, dude. Yeah. Have you done one? With momentum. Okay. I can nice. do one. Yeah. So. I've kind of been wanting to learn how to do that as well. Yeah. 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 Um, it's been a few months I've been pushing it, and it still hurts. It's still very painful. <laughs> it, the coming the, down is very painful. A, like, the start was like, I might injure something, but I kept. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little. I'm not. I, I'm not a great example. Fully. <laughs> <laughs> it kept going. <laughs> but um, even like I couldn't when I first I couldn't get myself up even with a lot of momentum, and then I would see okay what's like the can I just do the decline so I'd get myself up on top of the bar and like almost like a dip kind of uh-huh. spot and then let my weight come down and then your chest is to the bar and then that right there is very that flick out is very taxing on the arms i learned especially like bicep to elbow ish area is like oh, yeah. I've, I've it's <laughs> it hurts i don't I've, i'd recommend maybe doing it with like a band or something the first time just to add some resistance and depends on how much weight training you do and how heavy you are and stuff definitely but it hurt for a while and what was that yesterday was doing some i'll just do one rest and then do one for five in a row it's like one rep a rep of one for five sets okay i guess which is the best i can manage right now but it's not too you're bad you're still doing muscle ups yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not some of the scoff at yeah yeah and they're Yesterday felt like a milestone because they hurt less. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to do one without momentum by the end of the year. Okay. I didn't think it was possible until yesterday, and it started to not hurt. I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. So you mean just pull yourself up like, like a slow muscle up or just like a regular like yeah. pull up to a muscle up? Uh, a slow muscle up, I oh, guess. Wow. Is in my head like a goal? It's not something where like if I don't meet it, I'm gonna get down on myself. But because right now it's I, I'm like a foot out from the bar and I kind of hop on, swing forward, and then kick my knees and kip up for the muscle up, which is still hard. Mm-hmm. So doing that straight body weight will be pretty tough. But in my head, I have a bunch of like mini goals in my head that I'm like, this would be cool to do just yeah. for fun. You know, that's kind of what weights have been lately. 
um, is I just, I'm like, this would be cool to do. Yeah, exactly. You know? And the pursuit of it makes you a little bit fitter and then you get it and you're like, cool, I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I've been pushing a lot of kettlebells around right now. Um, like I haven't really touched a barbell in a long time for like any of the Olympic compound lifts. Yeah, no, I've seen your workouts there. I'll just uh, <laughs> like, I don't want to say niche, but kind of like, yeah, kind of niche, um, yeah. weird, like specific movements. Like you should, we were training pistol squats the other week. Mm-hmm. You were doing these things. Like, I don't know over the, um, the back extension yeah, back machine. Yeah. yeah. Maybe actually that's a pretty common one. <laughs> it's not niche. But. Uh, I think with the, the elbow touching. straight up is because normally you do that oh, for yeah. like lower back, um, but that's um, that was the trap three raise from uh, ATG. Shout out to Ben Patrick online. If you know knees over toes guy um, online, I, I got I've that from him. Okay, um, and that's it, he calls it the trap three because you have actually three different sections of your traps. There's the upper that most people call the traps, and then there's I guess two lower than that, and that is one exercise that hits all three. Yeah, and it's that that day per, was for me is like to clean up things, like things that I miss. So like traps, and um, I'm working the pistol squats to get um, work my ankle strength is part of that. Because um, have you seen those like pistol squats all the way down to the ground? I have. Yeah. Um, there's this chick, dude. She's crazy. I'll find her for you. Um, different things. Like, that's kind of what workout, working out's been lately is I just kind of want to try these different moves. I've seen online, you know, instead of, like, maybe going for bigger numbers, even though... Grinding it out is pretty tough because yeah. it just takes so, <laughs> so yeah. much time after a while. Because um, I was pushing for numbers for a year or two right before I was doing this, and then, I don't know. I just felt in pain all the time and I didn't feel, I felt like I was going to injure something in the pursuit of just getting that number. And I'm not trying to harp on anybody that wants to push for that number, but, um, for me, I didn't really enjoy it as much as what I'm doing right now. Um, I think it's cool guys that can squat over a thousand pounds or bench over 600 and different things like that. I think it's really cool, but there's a clip from some dude I, watch that can do that and he's like what i'm doing is not healthy (laughs) like if you think that it's healthy to lift a thousand pounds on your shoulders and go down to the floor like you got it wrong then but um i don't know if you have any thoughts on that for yourself or where you're looking at training these days um yeah no i've kind of not gonna go as heavy Mm -hmm. and just focus on climbing for the next few months at least but a thousand pounds in your back still looks cool as shit it looks sick yeah i won't lie i saw somebody do some dude squat like 600 or 700 i didn't really count but that's cool in itself but then he (laughs) stepped back and did a backflip oh what yeah and he was like a big he was a big dude obviously and so it's just like fun stuff like that is always cool to see um but this is like this chick what yeah oh my god she'll pistol squat those two kettlebells all the way down (laughs) 
Oh my god. It's so impressive. No, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. You gotta have the flexibility, the strength. Yeah, the ankle strength for that. Yeah. Um, different things like that I see online. I'm like, I wanna do that. Her thighs are like massive too, you know? Like they're bigger than probably my head. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because you see a lot of uh, joint injuries with those, um, you know, bodybuilders because you, sh- you strengthen the muscles almost past what the joint can handle, you know, and that's something I've been really interested in. Knees over toes guy or Ben Patrick lately is because he's got some stuff to try to help fix that, you know, like strengthening the ankles and the knees and the hip flexors and elbows are a little tough just with how our anatomy works but then also like shoulders are huge you know the shoulders crazy if you think about it like the the movement planes it can do all the rotations and up and down and just every like twisting and everything that it controls is really crazy like i don't know i think about like studying different things like anatomy is really cool like just the human body is wild you know you you graduated yes okay yeah um I would love to talk to somebody that's in like human anatomy right now and looks into that, you know, like mm-hmm. that's partly why I love this is I get to talk to anybody yeah. I want, you know, exactly. or I, anybody I can get my hands on. It <laughs> 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 sounds weird, but <laughs> um, yeah, different things like that. Like, um, do you know what like a rose is in climbing? Like it's a type of move. Mm, no, I don't think so. If like you're on the wall. Um, and you have a hold right here and your feet are obviously on and the next holds like through and for whatever reason you can't bump mm-hmm. a rose is where you go through your arm and over and so this shoulder takes a lot of tension yeah and there was a dude that's this is weeks ago was like grades better than me climbing but we were playing add-on and um i threw a rose move in there and i've been working these shoulder exercises i got from ben patrick yeah that um that dude did it two or three times and he was like dude i'm gonna throw my shoulder out i can't do this anymore and i kept and every time he lost with how we were playing add-on i got to add another thing on every time it was a rose yeah (laughs) well no no (laughs) i did the rose kept sticking him and then after the rose it was up on the slab near the arch and so i went up and over to arch and down below by the time he quit and so like i don't know if it was just it was one of those moments where you're like, okay, my training's working, you mm-hmm. know, in the sense that, like, he was, he would have blown me out of the water in normal climbing things. Yeah. But I was able to, like, throw this knee, and we weren't, like, competing, competing, but it was, I was able to throw this kind of particular move, you know, that you need to have shoulder stability in, and there's other moves that you need to have finger strength in, right? Yeah. But to throw that in and then... He's like, I'm going to fuck my shoulder up if I do that. I'm like, I could do this all day, you know, like not to not to like put myself above anybody. But it's nice to know that like your training is working like those few moments that you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. No, you know? yeah, no, that's that's a satisfying feeling. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where mine's been at lately is just trying to be fully functional. Like, I think you have some aspirations in as well. Right. Eventually, yeah. I, I want to get into more calisthenic stuff. Yeah. Because being heavy, um, this is the heaviest I've ever been. I'm like 170, probably even a little more. Mm-hmm. Coming from someone who was always playing soccer and just running around at 5'10", 130 pounds. Yeah. You know, putting on 40 pounds in like 
a year and a half, two years, um, gets pretty uncomfortable at times. So mm. What's I uncomfortable? I don't know. I just feel like lethargic. Sometimes mm. you got to eat so much to maintain that weight mm. um, for your size to even just maintain it. You have to eat, right? You have to eat a lot. And it can be, it can be really uncomfortable on your body. But is that like yeah. just a like you've gotten this muscle, and maybe you're just lacking in um, flexibility, or like can you expand on that more? For bench press, no, because it's pretty you know straightforward. Most people, um, any way you do it, it's not that much of a flexibility issue, but. Like what feels lethargic for you? Um, like me, <laughs> sometimes like, I'll, like, I'll just be like, um, because sometimes you know you don't eat that well during the day, so you're like, oh god, I have fifteen hundred calories left. Got to mm. cram it into like an hour or two. Okay. <laughs> it's just it makes sleeping worse. It makes oh. some other aspects worse. So, okay, yeah. so it's not really a body thing. It's like a like a eating enough thing. I was picturing it as like you feel tight in your muscles or something like that oh not 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 really okay yeah. you just have to like always be full is what you're talking pretty about. much yeah that's gotcha. exactly what i'm talking about gotcha okay yeah. how do you manage that like how do you get all I your don't know. calories in <laughs> uh the dining halls was really a great okay. option because they just had a lot of food and it's not like the best but it's you know it's filling and sometimes people complain about it a little too much it's not terrible like no. yeah if, it, if you eat too much of the same thing, it gets bad. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's four of them. Just find different food with yeah. a meal plan, whatever. But recently, I've just been making, like, sandwiches. And it's horrible <laughs> because I, do, <laughs> I don't know how to cook anything <laughs> other than, like, salmon and, like, sandwiches. And that's, I don't know. I, maybe I just need to look up, like, recipes yeah. for stuff. But, yeah, yeah, I just eat a lot of the same things. <laughs> you try to go for high calorically dense foods? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Um, um yes. beef is really good. Steak is really good for calorie dense mm. and protein dense. Red meats are generally like that. And um you can Chipotle is really I've spent <laughs> at least like $300 since I've got here strictly on just Chipotle, <laughs> which is crazy, but I I go there a lot. That's really calorie dense. You can just you can find stuff. You can make stuff as well. Okay. I've been kind of lazy in that yeah. regard, but yeah. yeah. Do you know? He's not really a fitness guy. Alex Hormozzi, he's more of an entrepreneur type. Hormozzi, no, I don't. I can't say I've heard of him. He's like a billion dollar dude, and he's oh. jacked as fuck too. Um, okay. But um, he was talking about when he was starting his first business, which was in gyms, that he would sleep on the floor and eat three square meals a day at Chipotle. And it, wow. he would go to his accountant, and his accountant's like, what, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, well, I don't have a kitchen, and I'm, I just go there. He, he had a formula. He would get, like, tor two tortillas or something like that, and he was able to, like, he would eat a lot of food. And because he worked in the gym, he would just, like, do a set, work on things, do a set. Like, have you heard of that gym idea of, like, doing oh i've heard of it yeah like taking a break in between yeah your sets for like five minutes oh yeah. i'm gonna go cook a meal and then go back to my workout yeah. yeah i've heard of that it'd be sweet if you had your own gym you know for a lot of us that unless you maybe live near the gym on campus but i used to live in parmalee which was like 40 feet from the gym so yeah. that was really nice yeah but yeah home gyms are always a major plus especially during covid because 
I kind of started the workout right in the middle of it, which was really poor because I saw some beginner gains and then all the gyms closed down and I was like, oh, this mm -hmm. is <laughs> <laughs> it's disappointing. But um, This is him. This is He's now just on maintenance right now. Oh, wow. But he was bigger than that in one of his shots, um, and that's his girlfriend. But um, mm -hmm. he's like a billion-dollar dude. And what does he do? He runs businesses. He started running a gym business and mm -hmm. um, just expanded it in his formula. Now he's runs something called like acquisition.com where he just makes million-dollar companies quarter billion dollar companies like he just redefines how they structure everything he's a big systems kind of guy yeah. i guess to, so to speak um and i follow him for business content but then also on the side he's just very jacked as well and he probably is taking something but I, he's not really like a fitness dude so that's not really mm -hmm. a gripe on him i don't know but yeah. he's a he's a big dude as well um I like the idea of like just doing a set in the morning, you know, maybe some squats and then lunch, bench, and then maybe deadlift at night or something like that. Like it sounds interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I would, uh, it <laughs> sounds like a lot of planning ahead that I don't have time for. Mm. I don't know. I mean, not that I don't have time for it. I don't have the organizational skills necessary yeah. <laughs> to do that. But, um, or maybe the means, right? Like yeah. if you had a home job, you could easily do that. Mm -hmm. But if you have to like, you go to your nine to five and then cook food or like different things like that kind of get in the way, or you want to go see friends, then that cuts into time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. There's jobs killing <laughs> your gains. <laughs> jobs are killing Quit your gains. Quit your job. <laughs> Live in the gym. Live <laughs> <laughs> in the gym. Is, is it illegal to sleep in your business, though? I was thinking about that. I was like, was that an illegal mm. thing? He, I, it was his own? He owned the property. I don't think so. Elon Musk did it for a while when That's he was true. starting up. He but would just... It, I don't know. Is it just like... But, like, they don't... Because they're leased for um, commercial use. They're not a residential. I don't know why my brain went there. But I was like... Can you just buy a business and then sleep in it and not have to pay for rent as a house? Maybe. I don't know. I know some, like, powerlifting gyms do it mm -hmm. because, you know, the owner is there and it's open 24-7, so they're always there. Uh, and they just sleep in the gym. Yeah. It's like their home. Yeah. I don't know if there's, like, special rules or anything, but I don't think anyone would care that much if yeah. there was just, like, a dude sleeping. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, I forget what we're we were talking about something that you said that was really interesting. But do you think at some point you're gonna? How long do you think you're gonna maintain eating this much food and calories? Like, does it know. seem like you're gonna burn out on it and it's too much? No, I think I can maintain this for a little bit. But um, the hardest part was trying to keep pushing to like, and I'm I'm I was definitely. Uh, eating more than 3,100, that was just um, an underestimate, but it was consistent because yeah. I never counted things like, you know, what oil I was using to cook mm. or like sauce. I would just count the raw ingredients. So it was off, but it was off consistently. Yeah. So I just said 3,100. But when I kept trying to push higher and higher to 3,300 without the 
extra stuff. Um, you know, it, it just became kind of unbearable to do. Mm-hmm. But maintaining this isn't really that bad. Yeah. But I think it's still uncomfortable. So I might, I might in the next couple of years, figure out how to cook more. Yeah. First step. Really important. <laughs> um, then I can kind of get organized, do some meal prep, and then I'll probably cut down and have like a, a mini cut. I guess, because my entire lifting career since, like, I started college two years ago yeah. has just been bulking. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what's really worked for me is I've been finding pork ribs for, like, $2 a pound, which yeah. is pretty solid meat-wise, especially right now. Oh, yeah. They're a little bit on the fattier side, so, the, like, the quality's obviously a bit down, but you still get protein and meat and all that in there. I've been able to find like a pack of two for $2 a pound. So it's like 20 bucks. And then what I, my, who was it? My landlords showed me this where, um, you just get a cooking sheet and then two like cookie drying racks or anything like that. Like they have the, like they're two grates almost. Yeah. And you put those in the cooking sheets and then a little bit of water in it. You put your meat. Usually I put like a rack of ribs there and then, um, tinfoil it and then bake it for like, 30 minutes to 40 minutes and what it does is it steams the shit out of it mm-hmm. so it keeps it super moist and then um like you don't have to tend to it at all so once you p- throw it in you have 40 minutes work on some homework or something like that that's nice that's and nice then, so you don't have to constantly look over it yeah and then you could like barbecue sauce it or I, i'll salt and pepper it sometimes or just take it plain and then i'll sauce it afterwards and then I warm it up in my air fryer, so it gets a little crispy, but it's still wet. Yeah, an air fryer. Yeah. Ooh, okay. How's that? <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. I, I like. What's, what's the point? I, I'm just wondering. What's the point of an air fryer? Like, I've, I don't really know that much. But I think it just somehow circulates air very hot. But so does an oven. So like, what's like, well, what's the? Doesn't an oven just make the the room or the internals really hot? But I think with like the air fryer, there's some sort of circulation. Oh, well, I think, I think they're both convection. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe an air fryer is just I, like I think. I think they cook the same way. I don't know much about air I don't fryers. Either. But they're, I don't they know. got they're, popular they've been hyped. Yeah, they've been hyped, and I'm like, I don't dislike it. I'm just like kind of confused. I'll know. see it like work for a lot of different diet hacks because people, for whatever reason, don't have to use oil though. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, so that's where I'm like something with the air is different than the oven. I don't know why, I guess. That's a good that's a really good question. But, you know, if you're somebody trying to not do a lot of oils or fats or whatever diet that is, um it works really well where you can cook vegetables or meats or whatever like that, but I like it cuz it just crisps it up real nicely like it's almost oh, like a yeah. toaster for your meat or vegetable. Um that's really worked well for me to get enough meat in. Um it's just baking sheets and cut up a potato and make fries and sweet mm-hmm. potatoes and sweet potato fries and carrots and onions because I like to eat onions raw sometimes. <laughs> um, raw onions? Well, uh, cut up and then cooked on, like I'll cut up like a bunch of potatoes and make fries mm-hmm. and then just cut up some onion slices on it and eat just cooked onion and potato and rib. Um, oh, I thought you meant you were just taking a bite. Oh, of, no, like an apple. Like an apple. <laughs> <laughs> um those have worked for me just with like making a lot of food because you can kind of just set in the oven and forget it. Yeah. And you just don't want to burn it. And other than that, that's worked for me. Um, I like the steaming technique a lot. 
because it still makes them moist. You know, like there's grilling and all that stuff, but I feel like you have to tend to that more. And I just, um, I want to like set it, forget it, work on some homework or something like that, and then do something else, right? Yep. So that's worked for me. I don't know if that helps give it you pro- an it idea. It probably would. Yeah, I don't. I've only ever known like two recipes for anything <laughs> in my entire life. Yeah. So I I need to expand my repertoire yeah. now, <laughs> else I'm just gonna be eating the same stuff for the rest of my life. But yeah. Yeah. Oven yeah. oven cooking. Thank you. Yeah. No I'll problem. I'll get into that. And meal prep in general. Like a couple months ago, I was going hard on it, where I would have one day, every week or two weeks, where, I mean, I I ate a lot of food, so I'd be cooking trays of potatoes and carrots and meat to eat throughout the week because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be hitting up chipotle personally because yeah. it's hard on my bank account and all that and just you know you have to go out when i would i could work like a 12-hour shift and come back home and warm some shit up and mm-hmm. be good that night so that worked for me i've kind of gotten into a new routine lately but that might help with your situation i don't know it probably would yeah yeah just to give you some ideas, maybe. Yeah. And I tried looking up recipes. There's some that I liked, but I just like to... I'm pretty easy. Like, just cook some potatoes up. Not even seasoned. Cook some sweet potato is really good. Rice is easy to cook. And then bake the meat. Like, it's, it's all really simple, but then it turns out really well. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, how long were you on that 3,300-calorie diet? that like real upper end for you and i was doing that for like i was doing it for a few months just trying to push and it was over what i needed um for calories to even gain strength so i started gaining like a lot more fat mm. and i was like i probably need to slow down a little bit but i was doing that for months i'd say yeah. last and last semester which is like probably february to like may i was yeah. doing that yeah. and was that is that when you felt most sluggish yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, more you know, the more you eat, the more sluggish you're gonna feel. Yeah, and when you have more stuff to do mm. and you have more to eat, it becomes a bad situation. <laughs> but yeah. can you like walk me through what like a normal day was like? Cause I've yeah, I'd go to class at like ten, I think. After eat, I I usually just eat like a bar for breakfast. Okay. Cause I was on the fifteen meal plan or whatever, so I'd have a bar for breakfast. Gotcha. Come back. Um, at like 11 or something get like th- however many meals i could fit in one <laughs> box from the dining hall mm. um and a cup i guess and then come back to my room eat that um and then do the same thing for dinner and so i i yeah most people most people's advice is like eat like four or five meals like smaller meals mm-hmm. but i would just eat two really big meals yeah. <laughs> and I, maybe that's why i felt so bad all the time <laughs> but yeah are you so what i've found with my friends that try to hit the gym and also eat is there's like a spectrum of on one end people that have hard time putting weight on and even have like an aversion to eating a lot of food and then there's people on the other end that they just a little bit and they gain a lot of weight and also want to eat a lot of food and then there's a lot more people are usually somewhere in the middle i think i tend to like somewhere in the middle but i i have friends that like they're like, I can't work out this much because I can't even eat this much food. Does it? Se- it seems sounds like to me you tend on more of the side of like it's hard to get calories in. 
Yeah, exactly. Some people have a lower metabolism. Yeah. I started I started out really skinny. Uh, like naturally, my build is thinner. Yeah. So, um, to have, or to first of all get to a heavier weight, and then maintain that weight, is a lot more of a task, I guess. Yeah. For me personally. Yeah. It seems like tracking has been really helpful, though. Oh yeah, right? for sure. When I wasn't doing it. It was like, oh, why am I not gaining weight? And there was a certain period of time, I think it was last year, where my bench was going down, even though I was training the normal amount I, I was when it was, you know, um, on an increase. And uh, I was like, why is this happening? You know, mm -hmm. whatever. And then I started to actually track it. Because just going off of feel alone sometimes isn't enough. So you, you gotta, you got, you can't just like, as, weird and cynical as it sounds you can't just let your body like decide when to stop eating for a bulk i guess you yeah just gotta keep do and you can have days where it um it like falls below the mm -hmm. calorie maintenance but overall you want your weeks to be above a certain number yeah and yeah. pretty consistent right mm -hmm. um lately for me i've been skipping breakfast and sometimes i work out fasted oh, as really? well um not often, like every other week, but sometimes um, I just won't. I'll, I'll eat, depending on what, what I have. Like today, because we were starting this around 12, I ate right before, so like 10 or 11. But then on other days, I haven't eaten till like 1 or 2, like pretty late in the day. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I don't recommend it to everybody. Um, I've really enjoyed it. There's a weird mental clarity you get. I get, my brain gets more foggy right when I, any food touches my stomach, like a, that lunch meal. I can tell like my brain capacity is not the same. I think that's like energy is now diverted to breaking all that food down and stuff is, I'm not a biologist or anything like that, but that's in my head. Yeah. More blood goes there. I think. Yeah. But do you not feel like lightheaded from doing that? No. Oh, never. Okay. I feel really good. Like if I could not eat and keep doing that, I'd be fine. Okay. Um, and my work, I my workouts are fine. Um, I'll quickly like replenish with a lot of fruits and sugars and stuff just to get the glycogen back because um, usually what you do what you, when you do that is you deplete your glycogen scores if you eat or work out fasted like heavy um, exercise. Fasted is usually, I, b I believe what I've read up on. Um, will decrease your glycogen stores because it needs to burn something. Um, so I'll eat like some a lot of fruit that has you know those sugars. Try not to eat like a lot of candies or anything like that. Try yeah. to more. I like to lean on whole foods, so a lot of bananas and stuff like that. To, um, afterwards, I'll eat, but during I feel great. You know, um, it's just like an another workout for me and everything. Um, yeah, there's interesting like. I heard somebody say it's hard to splice apart whether fasting is good because you're slowing down your metabolic rate and you're not eating anything or you're just calorically restricting yourself. Hmm. Which yeah. was interesting to me. Some people, but people can definitely, like they've proven that they can do it. Some professional uh, soccer players have done it as well. Done. And, what is it exactly? fasting oh yeah yeah like just because of religious reasons mm. some players can just they will fast and they'll still perform excellently yeah. so yeah um that lately has been a great groove for me 
plus like sometimes at work I get my meals so I don't pay for my breakfast I can get lunch there and dinner there oh yeah and then that whole day was a free free ride that's nice. meal meal wise for me so I might have like a protein shake at the end of the night just to kind of polish off protein intake and everything like that but um that's been working really well for me lately I still like in those two meals eat a lot I tend on the side of like like I did something similar to you um when I was in the dorms of um I was I think I was on like the something the one below 15 plan so I remember there's some days I did not have meals <laughs> and I had to figure it out <laughs> um, but on the days I had two um I would have huge lunches and huge dinners I wouldn't get the box because I would have, like, five plates stacked up on my table by the end oh, of yeah. the session. They didn't even allow us to do that my freshman year, though. Oh, so with COVID? Kinda, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all just had to, like, leave pretty much until there was, like, a period very late in the spring. Like, all right, I guess we can let them back in the dining halls. <laughs> so I guess I got – I'm a little fortunate yeah. that I had that because I looked at those little to-go uh, bins or whatever mm-hmm. that they give you guys, and I was like – I would fill, like, three or four of those at least. Yeah. You know? Because I'd be eating, like, chicken sandwiches and pasta and all kinds of bullshit that they're serving, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any recommendations for, like, people or guys that are lifting but have a really hard time getting calories in? It seems like tracking's been a good thing. Yeah, But do you have any other tips that, like... Because I know people right now that are, like... When I'm consistent with the gym, my calories are what fail me, you know? Do you have any, like, recommendations for those kind of people? It's definitely important. And I'm not, like, you know, the paramount example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But you're somebody that's in it right now. Yeah, because I did struggle with that for a while. Mm -hmm. And I eventually got most of my maxes up and improved a lot from where I was, which is very skinny. But So what I would say is just, like, finding foods that you enjoy, cook things similar to that. And definitely tracking is the most important thing. Because then you know, you're honest with yourself that you've done everything that you can to eat that much for the day, for the week. And you'll see results really quick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I don't have that problem. I almost, I have some nights eat too much food. That's why the restrictions worked for me, you know? Mm -hmm. I think I'm fortunate in that because I like to gorge myself some nights. But um, I really feel for guys that want to get bigger and like it feels like they physically can't you know because of they're just not taking enough protein and calories you know yeah um yeah um yeah i don't think what do you think (laughs) we don't have to jump into this it's a little controversial Okay. <laughs> cool. I don't know if we want to hop into this. How much time do we have left? That's however long we want. Oh, okay. I've done four and a half hours before, so okay. <laughs> I'm not saying we need to do that. I'm thinking like an hour or two. Okay. But, um... Controversy. Let's go. What do you think of these... The whole controversy right now with just, like, allowing people that have transitioned into sports and stuff like that oh like the um the swimmer the swimmer there's like yeah those are the, that's a big one the bicyclist 
I think like they just ruled you can't. No, didn't it, like the swimming federation or whatever rule against that? That I don't even know. I'm so out of politics because <laughs> um, everything I see is just so polarized. It's, mm. it's become so much worse online because you just have so many idiots on social media from both sides. Yeah, only listening to one news source. It's like they can't. They have like horse blinders on. They can't see another mm. side, and so they just suck with their own opinions. Yeah. And what makes it worse is that people will say, like, radical things. Um, and then, you know, some of those other ideas that weren't, that were, that weren't like, really viable before seem more viable because of how far you can push one way or the other. Oh, so. Like the rubber band effect, right? Where, yeah. like, you go w- far one way and then things kind of yeah, like, pendulum swing back And it's over. called the Overton window. Yeah, but the rubber band effect is, yeah, the same thing Are those, I never heard... The Overton window? I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard that. It's just shifting one side so far that um, even more radical ideas on that side don't seem so crazy. Yeah. 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 And then, like, one side gets very, like, not even just being apolitical, one side gets really crazy. And if they stake their flag on that, then, in a sense, the other side can get really crazy because, like, with how our voting system is being a, like more of a two-party system like you have to choose you know so like both sides if they get very extreme at the same time then there's nothing that you have to still choose between the yeah, two does that make yeah, sense exactly you know because like third party voting is just throwing away your vote essentially and yeah uh, i think the only thing that kind of changed I think it was I think it was Ross Perot was a great uh, third party candidate. Mm. God, I really need to look this up, but <laughs> I think he shifted the winning candidates' um, perspective on some issues. He got the most of any third party candidate, like sixteen percent or something. Okay, which is you know it's not close to winning, but it's still a lot yeah. for a third party. So he shifted some of the winning candidates' um, trajectories and uh, goals to more suit what the public wants. Yeah. And I think that's the only good that can come from third-party voting. But yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like, this guy's choose one side or the other. Yeah. But. I think if there was a time for a third party to come up, this seems like a really good time mm-hmm. because everything just seems... And maybe it's just like the media and social media in general really... Uh, can I just look up the Ross Perot thing? Yeah, go I really ahead. don't want to just... <laughs> <laughs> It's got me scared now. Sixteen percent sounds huge. Was that in the pr- in the presidential election? Yeah. He's looking it up, folks. It was a lot. Oh yeah, Perot won eighteen point nine percent of the popular vote. So the highest of the highest share of the vote won by a candidate outside of two major parties since nineteen twelve. Okay. Which is crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, like that. I think now is the time, and I would love to see. A third party come up because it like I think competition is good like within economics it's good to have because that's how innovation comes up but then also like we just don't get these crazy ideas that both I think both sides are crazy right now yeah. on the extreme right for sure it's like what I think there's like a little bit of truth in both of the extremes and I think most people actually find themselves in the middle but we have to choose a side mm-hmm. just to get what, like I know people that voted for one candidate just because of one issue that they stood for. 
And I was like, what about the whole everything else that they do yeah. that you probably don't <laughs> yeah, agree but you, with? Yeah, you don't really have a you don't really have a choice though. Yeah, if you want to make it influential, then you're gonna put up with the other things. Yeah, and just go with whichever one you hate less. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of an issue. Yeah. And now it's about like attacking the other side rather than mm-hmm. promoting the best for the United States. Yeah. Which is also problematic. Yeah. Have you? Do you try to stay out of like politics and everything? Like, yeah. Or is it just like yeah. so crazy that you're just like I'm just gonna? Yeah, I, I've kind of pulled away from like anything <laughs> other than voting for presidential candidates. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Um. Do you have a thought to like? how things could maybe shift to more of a, I don't know, easier system or something that's not so chaotic right now, right? Uh, no, no <laughs> I have no idea. I, um, I think that, like, most people are in the middle. Yeah. It's, like, I think, like, the real, like, fight, if you're even on one of the extremes, is fighting for the middle. I just wish, like, I don't know if, like, do middle ground issues just like not have the same buzz to them and so they're not as like catchy for people to get behind or or like because like i consider myself a centrist Mm -hmm. but i just like don't see a lot of other people that like there's not centrism pride or anything like that there's a lot of left pride and right pride and but there's nothing for the middle where we're like Cause I, I feel like you're more yeah. in the middle personally. Like, yeah. w- is that how you describe yourself? Yeah, probably Mo- just moderate. I'd say. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the ideology of <laughs> I'm a moderate isn't really popular, popularized. So, um, why do you think that is? I have no idea. It's a good question though. Um, cause people are proud to be opposed to yeah. ideologies they see as, um, dangerous or yeah whatever yeah i don't know yeah do you think oh what was it i just had this idea like do you get the feeling that i have right now that like a lot of different leadership positions have abused power like not just even in like the traditional sense of like the history of America and all that kind of stuff, but just in general, like people have pushed what their position is too far. Does that make sense? What their position is too far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd say in most bodies of government, that's yeah. definitely the case. Um, I'd say one of the problems is people aren't willing to do enough for fear of just like losing their job. Mm. Um, like speaking out against things? Yeah, yeah, pretty much like that. Like Australia did it a while ago for, I mean, there's, these are entirely different situations. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we should do what Australia is doing. But um, against gun violence, yeah. there's this one Australian um, candidate who got fired. Um, he lost his next election because he spoke out against owning firearms mm. and putting, like, pretty uh strict restrictions on buying new firearms he advocated for buyback programs and everyone that voted for him you know booted him out the next term but he still said like you know the purpose is to 
make Australia a better and safer place. Mm. So he was like, oh, I'll, it was worth it to lose my job to do that. Mm. And I think, you know, so much of the funding from so many Republican candidates funded by the NRA aren't willing to do that. Mm. So. Well, yeah. doesn't Australia not allow most gun ownership? Like, isn't that prohibited? Is what I've understood. They don't allow most gun ownership? Yeah. Um, like, they put some... Not exactly. They put some major restri- I'm not an expert on this, but they, <laughs> they put a lot of restrictions on it after a 1996 mass shooting, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, don't quote me on that. It was, it was in the 90s, and they had a bunch of buyback programs to buy back guns. Mm-hmm. And in America, it's a hugely different issue because there's so many more. It's existed for a lot longer. People are and, pretty rooted in their beliefs around yeah, guns exactly. as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's not... It's not really similar, but I'm just—I was just saying, like, politicians here are unwilling, <laughs> not as willing as probably some other places to get fired for their beliefs, mm. even if it's for the better, of, for the betterment of the country. Mm. Yeah. Like they kind of go with the flow of what will ever just get them elected, right? They're—they're they're not gonna like that guy. He kind of stuck his flag on this, like, I'm not moving on this even if you fire me, right? Yeah. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Okay. And he was eventually um, voted out, but he didn't care, so. Yeah. 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 So people that are willing to, in an extreme sense, like, die for their cause, but at the very least lose their career, right, for what they believe in? Yep. Hmm. Do you have an opinion on that? Like... No. On guns are on... Yeah. Oh, man. No. If you don't, it's okay. Yeah, no. If you haven't thought about it. I don't really, in America at least, because, again, it's a hugely... It's an issue for sure, um, but, like, what to do about it. Yeah. If you don't don't want to... Yeah, I don't really want to... Yeah, no, I understand. I was just curious, because some people have strong beliefs on things, so I'm always curious on that perspective. Is there anything, like, politically you're, like... Yes, I'll stake my flag on this. Like, no. okay, <laughs> I'm yeah. literally just gonna stick out of things until, yeah. like, I'm older. Yeah. Much. Which, let me ask you this then: Like, do you think that that? I mean, obviously for yourself, you think it's the best course to do. But do you think more people should be like, I have not studied these systems. I don't have a strong opinion on these things. And yeah, therefore, I think pe- <laughs> a lot of people just vote based on advertisements, which is scary. Or feeling, right? Yeah, yeah. Like voter voter literacy needs to be a thing mm-hmm. because some people can just vote based on, oh, well, I heard one bad thing about this other candidate, so therefore, you know, I'm going to yeah. vote for him yeah. or her or whatever. But yeah, that's why I kind of, like, if I don't know enough information, I generally just stay out of that topic yeah. because... I don't want to speak from an uneducated standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. When do you, like, obviously if we had a good system, that would be maybe taught at a much younger age, which I think is another issue that needs tweaked within our nation. Um, but, as like, for right now with the current state of things, like, do you personally have, like, an idea in your head of, like, maybe I'll give an hour a weekend and, like, research this on my own time or do you have a do you have any thought to that of like because at some point you're probably gonna at some point i will things, yeah right yeah because i'm a little apathetic right now but i'm in work i'm in college yeah um, so it's not it's not too much of an issue for me but yeah. uh at some point yeah i think i'll uh i think i'll research it more heavily yeah, yeah. would you research it or would you, or would you just like look 
for other people's opinions or have you I don't like I'm just kind of curious if you've thought about how you're going to self-educate yourself um there's some pretty nonpartisan sources of news most of them are are partisan and that's not yeah even even going from like oh I'll go to one side and then I'll watch the other side just <laughs> it's like yeah. not the best strategy I, I think um just objective fact is the best mm-hmm. thing that you can base your own opinions on yeah so I'll try to just get statistics yeah form my own opinion and then go yeah. from there I would love to see a news organization that was just like this is what we know right now this is what we don't know this is what it might mean like just a nice like no personal flavor or bias or opinion like the opinion pieces are what get yeah, me. it's impossible though it's, it's almost impossible to yeah. do that <laughs> yeah but yeah there's a bit of a, like a loss of journalism right now of just like people actually some issues that are huge are not covered right on both sides i think like i'm not this isn't trying to target one particular group like i think on many different levels on many different sides like there's some issues that nobody's covering and then nobody nobody's informed on that and there's a part to journalism that's investigative and they're not investigating things just because that might hurt now their self-identified side right when the whole point of journalism sometimes is to uncover these things that the people need to know about you know like it always started out from like the like classic one is what's his name like upton sinclair i think when he was um was it meat packing plants or something like that where he took photos of the working conditions within the blue collar class way back oh, then which were really yeah. bad and yeah. that's that was one of the starts to it where he was like boots on the ground investigative like this is the working dick conditions and different mm-hmm. things like that that help lead to unions and inform people right like as a form of education in a sense you know like there's some like that these days where people will go overseas and like show you what what it means for something to be like a blood diamond you know where the type of working conditions to get some diamonds these days and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's been very decreased and to the detriment of like the art of journalism itself because i i personally like to write you know i don't have i don't want to be a newscaster but i also like to kind of deep dive into issues and also investigate things and like what's actually going on here and there's been a bit of a loss of that there's some people doing it but there's a lot more not and just kind of pushing their own narrative yeah yeah that's interesting i don't know <laughs> i know that, <laughs> that was really that was a long question yeah <laughs> it's not really a question just it's like scary. something that i should add on i guess um there's still news sources that objectively state what is going on in different places vice news for example vice covering the war well. in ukraine yeah. yeah uh the congo um lithium mining mm-hmm. pretty much everything with just objective journalism mm-hmm. of what is happening at the current time but but yeah so many are just pushing their own agendas that it seems like the world's become more about <laughs> profit and the profit and just like the narrative yeah. is what like we're like story driven people you know like you tell yourself like where you're at in your story right now just like as an individual but then we attach onto other people's stories and sometimes it's more fictitious than it should be and to the detriment of what actual truth is yeah especially when it's journalism where you're like you need to be reporting the facts of like what's on the ground what you know and stuff um 
yeah, we're in a wacky time, you uh-huh. know? I think we're trying to figure out how to interact with each other on a national, not even national, but on a global scale. Like, I got an Instagram message from what I thought was, like, a scammer, but this dude in Africa that hit... He was a prince, and he wanted to send you a lot of money. Is that what this is? No. No? That's what I thought oh, it was. damn. That usually hit, I get a lot it's of those. Crazy. I get a lot of, like, weird stuff, like sugar babies and sugar oh, yeah, daddies, yeah. all that kind of stuff, <laughs> you bots, know? Bots, yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of bots. And I thought this was a bot. I'm still being cautious, but... His his story is he was, he got a phone from his uncle and they live near the local church that has Wi-Fi and that's why he's able to send messages out. Okay. And they're just in a high poverty area within Africa and have no opportunity. And he was asking me just to be his friend in the name of God. Hmm. <laughs> and I have tons of text messages with this guy. Um, he just found you randomly? Yeah, randomly DM'd me. That's weird. Um, and I'm going to keep texting him. I'm not going to send him any money just for the yeah, risk that it is a yeah. scam. But he wanted me to like send him. He, We talked a while. We called for a while <laughs> for like a half an hour. And he showed me like his family and stuff with the camera and, on Instagram and everything. That's bizarre. Um, <laughs> I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. Um, and then later he was like a green card here to apply is a hundred bucks in my, in us dollars. It was like 4,000 in whatever currency they use. I don't know. Um, which kind of shows you the exchange rate for a hundred dollars to a 4,000 is a really bad exchange rate. That's yeah. a different economic point. But, um, I was like, is this a scam? Like, is this guy serious? But then also at the same time, I don't know. Like that. My point is with this is like, the internet's weird. Where like a real per like he could be. It's plausible his story at the very least. Like, you can just get a little signal or internet connection and text anybody that has another signal and internet connection and phone or computer anywhere around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. It's just I think that's been in my life recently, and I'm like still confused on what it means and like i don't think i'm gonna send money but i'm gonna be his friend at least for right now if he's a real guy it's <laughs> yeah. well if he wasn't it would be just weird that he's spending that much time right but yeah but yeah it's, it's <laughs> but i guess my point is just like the internet's a weird place yeah and i think we're still trying to deal with that and how like media and journalism and news and everything now has to deal with that mm-hmm. you know yeah no yeah i don't have anything to okay add to that's that. fine i was gonna <laughs> leave it open but yeah. um yeah just strange times we're always in strange mm-hmm. times um do you have any final thoughts you want to throw out there or anything not really i'm still trying to think of my question mm-hmm. okay <laughs> um yeah think of your question i have a question for you okay um also, if you want to take this time to promote any socials or any projects or anything like that, just to give you the space. Um, all right. Do you want, you ready for the question? Yes. Okay. Um, what is your definition of love 
And what is your definition of happiness? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like another question? No. All right. Definition of love and definition of happy. Okay. Um, damn. <laughs> this is a tough question. Thanks, Katrina. <laughs> All right. Um, and it's no rush if you want to think about your answer. My question is going to be worse, so that's fine. That's <laughs> no, fine. Sh- no shame. You're going to ask about... It's hard. Uh, lo- okay. I would say my definition of love is just like, I'll do happiness first. I'd say happiness is finding joy in every aspect of your life. Because so many people think, oh, when I get this much money, I'll be happy. When I go on this trip, I'll be happy. When I do this, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. But during the time that they're aspiring to finally be happy, they're just miserable getting to a point when they realize when they get there, they're not happy. So. Mm -hmm. Indulge in every single moment, moment, and be happy during those moments. Mm. And I think Find that's, it in the present. that's what happy. Yeah, in the present is what happiness is. Love. Can I ask I you something know. with that? Yeah. For me, I always don't go the happiness route. And for me personally, I go what's meaningful route. And maybe what's meaningful to you is what will make you happy. So I think I think good. that like the meaningful comes first and then happiness comes, but I think if I shoot for happiness like I'm curious if like is it for you actually happiness or do you think you go for what's meaningful and then you feel it I try to do what I think would best suit me and my goals. I okay. try to work on my goals. I try to work yeah. on because those are meaningful to you, I, right? Yeah, I try to work on what I like to do. Yeah. I try to focus on my goals and then yeah. Okay. I'm happy in the moment. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I'm always curious about that with people, the battle between those two things. But um, what is your definition of love? I have no idea. Austin. <laughs> definition of love. What uh, is love to you? Hmm. Have you b- been in relationships? Not really. Not in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in early years of school, you know, it doesn't count. But yeah. Like, like in a college relationship, no. Okay. Like a little high school things is what you're talking about, right? Is that what you mean you've yeah, had previously? Yeah, pr- like just like when I was pretty young mm-hmm. so that, you know, doesn't count. Like, yeah, so it's, like, not it just, it's not like it doesn't mean much. <laughs> yeah. So in that regard, I'd say love is just finding a connection with someone whom you share the same interests with. That was a bland definition, but I have nothing. I am, I'm befuzzled. That is, it's a, I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you can say definition. your question too. Yeah, yeah. My question will be infinitely worse. That's okay. And that's a shame, but. That's okay. Anything you want. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to ask about like, do you think. Well, I'm, I, tr- I want to kind of ask about polarization mm. okay. a little bit, but I kind of want to ask it in a way that's like, do you think, like, do you think people are, share the same connections that they once did in America? That would be my question. Do you think people, mm. do you think people share this? Um, I know what you're getting like, at. You, yeah. Like, yeah. is America as much of a camaraderie? I know exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's a good word for. I know exactly what you're getting at. 
would unity be a good word? Kind of. Or like but that's more like I'm picturing like your neighbor as well. Like yeah. Hmm. I know what you're getting at. Because united can be united against. Like, if we're in a war, we'd probably be united. But like, yeah. And friendly is not a good word, but mm -hmm. something like that, something like that, and united. So, will you state your question? Just like, yeah. Do you fully? think that Americans share some sense of camaraderie, or has it become too polarized? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. It's great talking with you, Austin. Yeah, you Thanks too. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Do you want anything, any last thoughts just uh, before I end it? Not really. Alrighty. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching that clip. If you want to watch some more clips, go check out some more on the channel. And if you want to see the full thing, link in the description to the full podcast. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.